Welcome to Real Estate Uncovered, presented by the Real Estate Inspection Company, where we interview every type of real estate industry expert to uncover some common and not so common real estate topics. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Real Estate Uncovered. Today's episode is a little bit different as we wanted to share with you the top 10 defects found during a typical home inspection process. But to get started, we're going to introduce ourselves. So my name is April Jorgensen, and I'm the growth supervisor for the Real Estate Inspection Company. And this is? I'm Claire Casto, and I'm a growth representative for the Real Estate Inspection Company. Awesome. So now you have a face to the name when we're reaching out and building relationships, you know who is on the phone. Uh, so to get started, let's go ahead and dive in. We're going to start with the uh, 10th most popular defect found during the home inspection process, um, which is older furnaces, ACs, and water heaters. So Claire, why don't you tell us a little bit about that defect? Yeah, so older furnaces have several problems due to the climate, the moderate climate here in San Diego. We often see original furnaces in older homes. Mm -hmm. Crazy. Uh, they may still be functional, but these older units are really inefficient and noisy. They're a fire hazard. They lack many of the safety features that the newer furnaces right. have installed. So older furnaces use much more gas because they still have a pilot light instead of an electronic ignition. So furnaces are expected to last around 20 years. 20 years, that sounds about right. right. Yeah, thank you. Um, so perfect, so we're gonna go into defect number nine. And this is a popular one that shows up on seller concessions, uh, buyer's concessions as well. So uh, the ninth defect on our list is gonna be roof maintenance, cracked tiles, and caulking at vents. So especially with the new 8038 home fire hardening law, the roofing material is a much bigger issue, um, especially with roof maintenance. Um, so it's super important to make sure that you're cleaning out your gutters, you have the proper bird screens and, and everything is up to date on that um, for fire safety. But with the roof maintenance, um, what we're actually able to do during our home inspection process is we have carbon fiber pull cams that allow us to get an aerial view of the roof without ever having to leave the ground. So you're getting that full inspection. Um, and of course, we never charge for our roof inspections, which are fantastic. Um, and this is where we're gonna be checking for cracked tiles, improper caulking at the roof vents, and even issues that could lead to leaks. So during rainy season, that's where we start seeing some of those issues as well. So Claire, why don't you tell us what defect number eight is? Yeah, absolutely. Can I say something about that? I know a lot of agents ask about how we do our roof inspections because those clay tile roofs are fragile. Yes. They don't want us walking up on there. Exactly. So, yeah, no, that's a great point. So rolling into defect number eight, uh, miswired or damaged outlets, uh, lighting fixtures, and bad electrical panels. Yes. Um, so these specific defects tend to lead to fire safety issues and should be addressed by an electrician uh, when called out during your home inspection. Exactly. And over the decades, things have been upgraded as far as the different GFCIs and, and the different, you know, we're not, we're not using um, knob and tube wiring anymore. Right. So things are, <laughs> things are upgraded, uh, especially for safety for your family. Yeah. So uh, excellent. So let's dive into defect number seven. And this one is uh, failed windows. So 
as you know, well-placed windows allow for natural ventilation as you're you know, opening up the windows during the summer and letting that breeze in, um, and that can significantly reduce cooling, uh, cooling costs in the summer. But infiltration, uh, which is unplanned air leakage through a window's joints, cracks, frames, and sashes can actually account for as much as 15% of a home's heating and cooling loss. That's a, that's a big, that's a lot of money just being poured out through your window, basically. Just throw the money out the window, right? right? Especially here, it gets so high, <laughs> exactly. like, no thank you, I'm yes. not losing 15% and paying double. Exactly, and you we're, know? you know, we're up in Ramona, so we're up in the mountains. We have a lot hotter summers than, you know, a lot of those properties that are down by the coast, True. where they don't, a lot of them don't even have AC units when they rely on the windows to properly function. Right. Um, and so different, uh, types of windows can actually allow more infiltration. For example, a horizontal sliding window may not be as airtight as a window with a swinging sash. Um, in addition, the overall quality of the window can actually affect infiltration. So something that, that gets called out, in fact, in my property when I purchased my home, I have a few failed windows that are fogged windows. So it's just simple, it's just, you know, the double pane, just separating in, and having a professional come in and, and basically replace the glass. You don't have to replace the entire frame, just that second piece of glass. So it doesn't have to be a super big deal. No, and sometimes it's just the caulking in there, making sure that it's properly sealed, sealed too. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Okay. Uh, Claire, why don't you tell us about defect number six? This is also a good one. I think all mine are good ones, but. <laughs> Um, so plumbing issues. Plumbing issues are yeah. huge. So ever since the first indoor plumbing systems were installed, think about that. Outhouses. Yeah. <laughs> Homeowners have had to deal with leaks, yeah. obviously. So early drain lines were made from metal, often by blacksmiths. Uh, know your local blacksmith? <laughs> Out of lead, steel, or brass. So little was known about hydraulics, venting, or drainage. But indoor plumbing was seen as such an advancement, sorry, in sanitation that people put up with uh, with the poor functionality. Right. Because it was so, it was They like, just wanted it. Right. They were gonna put up with it, they just wanted it. Don't make me have to go out in the rain just to go to the bathroom. I'm from Minnesota, so you can imagine, they're like, so. I don't even care. I just don't wanna go outside. So, fresh water delivery systems were next. Right. Um, and then after all, we needed some way to bring fresh water into the house to wash away the waste and bait. Right. Um, so this introduction of a constant source of water has been the frustration of countless homeowners ever since. So pressurized systems mm -hmm. often fail, causing major property damage. Uh, believe it or not, water can be very corrosive. Yes. So this is especially true in Southern California. Uh, most of our water comes from far away, either Colorado River or Sierra Nevada Mountains via hundreds of miles of aqueducts right. um, that are very similar to the aqueducts of ancient Rome. That's well, really interesting. Yeah. <laughs> um, it slowly eats away at our pipes until, with the help of the pressure, a leak develops. Yes. So, if you don't take care of the plumbing systems in your house, you will pay a very high price. And I think most, if not every good agent, knows that. So, uh, home inspections often uh, identify those plumbing systems and fixtures that are on the brink of failure. Yeah. And I think something you mentioned earlier, too, that I think a lot of people don't know how to address or don't realize is an issue is the water pressure. Yeah. And San Diego has a really, really high water pressure, naturally. And so, um, especially up here in Ramona. So there's there's a little sweet spot between 60 and um, 80 PSI is where it should be sitting. So if you notice that your landscaping is having a lot of spray and kind of a misting effect, it's because of high water pressure. And that could actually cause landscaping, uh, you know, fittings to leak and things like that, which is gonna cost you a lot of money. 
um, and you've already spent money building out your landscaping. So you don't want all that water to just go to waste. So definitely make sure that you have a pressure gauge installed on your system and you're monitoring that water pressure. Um, and then of course, when we do our home inspections, our team goes out and they do check that as well as part of the system. Yeah, they'll check it like on your on your hoses too, like exactly. your outdoor water hose. It's really, it's yeah, super sense. important. Right. Yeah, you don't want to flood in your house. <laughs> Um, okay, cool. Thank you. So defect number five, I think goes along with that. It's just a little bit more in depth. Yeah. So that's going to talk about more of the plumbing leaks, bad valves and fixtures. So a very popular defect. Uh, this is, this is one of my, it, it's the silliest thing because it's super inexpensive to repair, but it can cause the most damage in your home if it's not addressed properly. So it can, um, it, what I'm talking about are corroded ankle stop valves. And I think they're like $6 at Home Depot. They can get changed out in a matter of minutes. Yeah. Um, but when these don't get addressed over years and years of the corrosion that you mentioned, um, it can they can bust, they can start to leak, and then they'll cause a flood in your home. So, and we mentioned earlier too, excessive water pressure in your plumbing can be super hard to detect, right? So you need yeah. to have some kind of uh, gauge. Um, and that's also very likely to cause damage because if you have an, a corroded ankle stop valve and you back that up with super high water pressure, it's just bound to bust and yeah. flood your house. So yeah. that's kind of how that works. Um, and so most fixtures in a house are built to withstand a maximum pressure of about 80 PSI. So that's that number. That's the end of that, the high end of that number. Um, but the street pressure in many neighborhoods in San Diego actually go up to 120 PSI, which is massive. Um, to maintain a constant pressure in your house and to prevent the excessive pressure, uh, most houses have the pressure regulator installed, and that's what I was mentioning earlier. So um, the regulator will allow you to set the pressure and maintain that pressure for you, but just like all mechanical devices, they can, they can also fail. So the rubber components inside of the regulator deteriorate, and when they do, that's when the water pressure in your pipes can spike. Um, when buying a home, it's super critical to have your home inspector check the water pressure. Um, and you can also check it on your own. You know, there's a lot of YouTube videos out there that can kind of help you um, monitor that and to avoid that really costly issue. Love it. Why don't you go ahead and share defect number four. So defect number four um, is no GFCI protection. I want to share a funny thing. Okay. We're painting our house, right? Yeah. And so we're taking off all of the, all of the outlet covers and all that. And Literally, there are labels that say GFCI outlet, like made from a label maker on these, and they're not. They're not. They're How not. funny. <laughs> I'm like, they fooled you. off these labels. <laughs> I'm like, what were they thinking? Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so GFCI recept receptacles were required in houses starting in 1971. So everything back to that point. Uh, originally, they were only required at the exterior of the house. Uh, by swimming pool equipment, and over the years, they've been required in more locations, such as garage, bathrooms, kitchens, uh, things of that nature. So in an older home, there may, not, there may be no requirement for GFCIs to be installed. Uh, the seller's not required to upgrade their receptacles unless the electrical system has been modified. So if the kitchen in a 1950s house has been remodeled and receptacles have been added or moved, uh, they must be upgraded to GFCI receptacles if they are within six feet of a plumbing fixture. That makes sense. Yeah. And for those of you that don't know, a GFCI is a ground fault circuit interrupter, and it's a safety, it, it trips when there's a safety, um, inter, you know, you're, it's supposed to save you so you don't get shocked. 
so that's where that becomes a safety hazard. Um, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's there for a reason, you know, when our inspectors call it out, they're not being picky. It's there for a safety reason. So, right. And, and you know, they're not hard to upgrade either. So, um, it applies to bathrooms too. Mm -hmm. Uh, so when your home inspector suggests upgrading certain receptacles to GSCI receptacles, please know that he has your safety. In exactly. Like we're not, exactly. we're, like, like you said, we're not trying to be picky. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's not going to make or break a deal. Yeah. You know, we're just pointing it out so that your buyer or your seller is just more informed about what, what those items of safety should be in the home. So, uh, and back, you know, in, in, you know, older homes, fifties homes and, and even earlier, you know, what, what a lot of younger buyers don't understand when they're going into the property is that a lot of those older homes, they only had one or two outlets in the, in the entire kitchen. And so everything was plugged in. It was overheating. There was a lot of fire issues with overheating those wires. Um, and there was no safety involved when they were installing those at the time it wasn't required. So with a, a lot of those older homes, when new young buyers are moving in, um, that's a really frustrating part of it if they're not aware of it during the inspection that, hey, maybe there's only one outlet in this entire bedroom, but I've got to charge my iPad, my iPhone, my uh, every device you can imagine. Yeah. And so they're going, when you're buying an older home, just, just set that expectation for your buyers that, hey, Absolutely. there may need to be some upgrades in the electrical. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And the electrical panel is yep. only rated to take so much. So just being aware of that. Uh, and you know, the seller may not have to upgrade the receptacles, but you should do it. Yeah. Do, just for your, your safety, for your family's safety, everything. Exactly. Okay. So we're already at defect number three. Wow. Uh, I know <laughs> this one is moisture issues and water intrusion. So this mm -hmm. one's a little fun. So our inspectors honestly have always prioritized locating, um, and identifying areas of concern. Um, and most importantly, finding moisture in the houses that we inspect we we have all of the high tech tools and equipment that are going to help us identify that, including our thermal imaging cameras, um, where we're inspecting the roof as well, um, to see if there's any active leaks. So, um, and we also use, uh, electronic moisture meters and that's where we're detecting the moisture levels in these, you know, surfaces or the, the flooring. So the most common moisture problems actually come from excessive irrigation. Like I mentioned earlier, um, plumbing leaks and roof leaks. So it's pretty common. Uh, we actually have found a significant moisture problem um, from ponds against the house. So you mentioned something earlier, which is grading, bad yes. grading. So that's something else that we're identifying as well is, you know, when it does rain cats and dogs, where's all of this water going? Is it being poured back into the house? You know, is it is it directed towards the house or is it being redirected? Because that can cause a lot of moisture issue, can damage the stucco on the siding. Um, and you just, you don't want that. So. Uh, the other, the other thing too, that we found are poorly, uh, finished showers. Um, and then in the bathroom, a lot of times what happens with the moisture intrusion or moisture issues really that could lead to a mold problem is that a lot of older bathrooms didn't have an air exchange. So there was no fan yeah. basically installed. So a lot of people, when it's cold, especially in Minnesota, like you mentioned, you're not going to open up your bathroom window after you take a hot steamy shower when it's in the middle of winter, right? right? No, you're, it's going to steam up. It's going to trap all that steam. And if your older home didn't have a vent, you're going to shut that bathroom door and trap in all that steam moisture. Right. right. So then well, it sticks California. to the walls or in California. Exactly. You don't want to open it up and like yeah. be hot right yes. after you're a hot shower. Yes, and exactly. Slap more. <laughs> 
So with, uh, with our company, what we do is we offer a free visual mold assessment on every single inspection that we perform, right? And that's what I mentioned was we're checking to see if there are any AOCs or areas of concern right. that one, is there a current you know, mold issue where I can visibly see that mold um, or are there conditions conducive to mold growth? It may not be there yet, but with a plumbing leak or a moisture intrusion on the roof, you know, is this something, is this a condition or environment that's going to feed into a mold issue in the future if it's not taken care of now? And a lot of times it's really not a big deal. It can be, you know, fixed with very simple, you know, very yeah. simple, very cheap and get it done. And then it doesn't cause a massive issue. So, um, with that, it's, it really just shouldn't be ignored. That's when it starts to become a massive problem. Exactly. So checking, you know, identifying, is there a moisture leak? Is there an issue? Fix that issue. Remediate if you need to, usually it's in a confined area. Um, and then, and then you can move on. So okay. Claire, why don't you tell us about defect number two? Safety devices. Yes. All the safety devices. Uh, so do, so the big, the big ticket items are the garage door uh, and anti-tip. So due to the strain that garage door components and openers regularly endure, they may become defective over time and need to be fixed or replaced. So defective components may create safety hazards as well as functional devices to the garage door assembly. People don't realize that the garage doors are typically among the heaviest moving mm. objects in the home and are held under high tension. So it's important that they're properly working. I don't right. know. I, we talked about this the other day. I don't know how many times as a kid, you know, you shut the garage door and then you, and you run, run under it yep. to try and get out so that you didn't have to shut it um, from the inside and go around. Right. Uh, which, thinking back now, like, how silly was that? Uh, <laughs> Yeah, so they, there's a safety mechanism involved with a garage door, right? You know, um, back in the day with older homes, there was no mechanical device to lift your garage door. You had to get up and physically lift the garage door. That's a lot of weight, right? So now with the new safety features in place, um, it's to allow where if there was an obstruction, it's going to hit that obstruction and, and reverse, basically. Right. That's going to, you know, prevent any, you know, maybe crushing children or crushing pets, you know, you don't want that to happen. So that's what that, that's why that's in place for sure. Um, and something else that you mentioned that we always find it's super cheap. It comes with your appliances right. are anti-tip brackets. Yep. They take minutes to install, but what happens that people don't realize is that when you have a toddler running around and you're cleaning the oven or you're, you know, you're in the kitchen messing around, any pressure on an open oven door is is enough, just a small amount of pressure is enough for that to collapse to the floor and the, and the appliance will crush on top of them. Yeah. So the anti-tip rack is to be in place to avoid that safety exactly. hazard um, and to eliminate that. So they come installed, check the, you know, check the heat drawer at the bottom. It could be there, it could be, you know, attached to the back of the unit, but definitely take a minute, install the anti-tip brackets, um, and just avoid that altogether. And then the, the other thing that, you know, um, I would say as far as safety devices go are the damper clamps in your chimney yeah. and just making sure that they're properly installed, they're functioning properly because you don't want any of that carbon monoxide to come back into the home exactly. while you're trying to enjoy a nice fire. So, <laughs> um, awesome. All right. Well, we're, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so for that, if you're wondering yes. how to check for anti-tip, uh, we do have a series on our YouTube. Uh, that lets you know uh, how to check for those things. Exactly. Philippe goes over it and he 
actually shows you on the video where they could possibly be. So exactly. check out our YouTube, SD Inspect. Yeah, we do. Claire, Claire has a great point. We do have a great uh, series, maintenance minute series as well. So, um, you know, he shows you how to uh, easily change out your screens, easily, you know, address some of those issues. The furnace filters, yeah. which a lot of people neglect or don't think about. So we just experienced the daylight savings time. So it's always a good reminder when daylight savings time happens, change out the batteries in your smoke detector and also change out your filter, your furnace filters, which leads me into <laughs> defect number one, which is the most popular defect found during a home inspection. Um, and this is super, super important, is the mist or aged smoke or CO detectors. These are super, super important, and there's a lot of requirements now on where they need to be placed. So going into this, so if you're purchasing or even selling a home, um, they are required, every home is required to have smoke alarms in each sleeping room um, and on each level in the common area. So if, if construction um, or renovations are taking place in the home, the smoke alarms must also be interconnected. Um, okay. But if no construction or renovations are taking place, the smoke alarms don't really have to be interconnected. Okay. Um, in either, either of these cases, smoke alarms are required in each bedroom, on each floor, and in hallways outside of each cluster of bedrooms. So they're there for a reason. Yeah. It's to get your family out safely in case there is a fire. Um, when I was a child, our CO detector actually went off because in Idaho, in, the, in this very, very old home that my grandmother had purchased, there wasn't proper ventilation from the, the range hood. It didn't, oh. es it, it, there was no, it didn't go anywhere. It came back into the home. Right. And what ended up happening was the CO detector that she had installed, it was a combo. Yeah. And it started to alert us, CO detected, CO detected. And it was like, what's going on? And so um, actually the, the fire department came, the police came just to make sure that we were all okay. We didn't get CO poisoning and everything. So it's That's really so important. Yeah. It's really important that those are installed. It's important that you change the batteries. Most units are going to last about 10 years. So once you get into a home, just go in, double check everything, test all the units, um, make sure the batteries are up to date and, um, just, just make sure they're working yeah. just for peace of mind. And we, we test, our inspectors test them every they do. time, they do. Uh, which is great because you need to know going into your house, if that's something that you should do, you know, before you even move in, exactly. just change the batteries real exactly. quick. It's, it's an inexpensive fix. Uh, even if you have battery operated, you can go to Home Depot exactly. and buy them and replace them. Yep. They're, it, it's an easy fix. Very simple. That'll, that could potentially save your life. Exactly. Um, so that wraps it up for our list of top 10 defects found during a typical home inspection. Now, of course, there's going to be more, there's going to be, you know, everybody's going to have a different opinion on that. Those are the items that we typically find, or we comment on, on a regular basis. Um, and really keep in mind, so Claire and I are here as a resource for you as a homeowner, as a seller, as a buyer that's gonna go into a new home because you really want to be representing your clients. If you're uh, representing any of those, you wanna be, be able to make sure that you're setting proper expectations um, and you know what to look for as well during your agent inspection. Um, so if you, like we mentioned, if you want to learn more about what we discussed today, um, our website at sdinspect.com has a ton of great resources. We have a lot of blog articles. Our YouTube channel and our Vimeo channel has a lot of really good video content as well. Um, so go, you know, poke around, see, see if there's anything else that you can learn. Um, 
And then of course, if you ever need to book a residential inspection, commercial home fire hardening inspections, which we're now offering, and that's gonna help you identify any issues or of non-compliance with the new Cal Fire regulations, um, it'll help you correct those issues, get the trees removed, get the brush cleared out, things like that. Um, so by the time Cal Fire comes in, your house is in compliance and you're not having to, um, you're not having to have that uh, deal with that after the close of the transaction. Right. You can actually deal with that with the sellers before the, the close. So we're always here. You can always book online um, or you can call our scheduling team at 800-232-5180. We have an awesome team of schedulers that can um, get you scheduled. We have great availability. We have a super large team of home inspectors. We also have sewer scope inspectors um, who are highly trained as well. And what areas do we cover, Claire? I, I was hoping were you were going to ask her what I was like, is she going to say? Uh, yeah, so we cover all of Orange County, all of Riverside County, and all of San Diego County. So uh, basically, if you can listen to this podcast and it's shown up as a suggestion, we can probably serve your area. Yes. And do us a favor, too, with that. You know, if you liked what you heard today, um, share, share this episode with a friend like the podcast, subscribe to it, um, and please leave us a review. It really helps um, more people get educated and get that information out there. Absolutely. And then of course, if you know anybody that would like to be a guest on our show, we're always looking to bring in um, you know, really highly elevated affiliates and real estate professionals that have some great value to share. So thank you for, thank you for joining us today. And um, great job. This is, this is a great episode. So if you have any questions, reach out to us. Claire and I are always available, but thank you so much. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Real Estate Uncovered with the Real Estate Inspection Company. Connect with us at sdinspect.com or call 800-232-5180. If you haven't done so already, be sure to hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. Thanks again and catch you next time.